Hello and welcome to Hop On Board, brought to you by Southeastern Railway. In each episode, you'll be taken on a whistle-stop tour of some of the best places to explore on the Southeastern network, guiding you through everything these stunning regions have to offer, from delicious food and drink and beautiful countryside walks, to vibrant art scenes and fascinating history. That's where I hop on board. So join me, Miranda Sawyer, on our creative crawl around East Kent, taking in cultural highlights in Margate, Deal and Folkestone. What's your ideal day out? If you're like me, it's likely to involve a spot of art, a bit of culture, some excellent mooching, plus nice food and drink. And if that sounds good, then East Kent should be at the top of your day out destination list. The whole area is packed with thriving art communities, plus everywhere's easy to get to by train. You could go to Canterbury, that wonderful cathedral city, and check out the beautiful Beanie House of Art and Knowledge, a gallery established for working people in 1891, and it's especially great for kids. Or the brilliant Lilford Gallery, which prides itself on its exciting, thought-provoking art. Both are just a short walk from Canterbury West Station. Today, though, I'm going to be starting out at possibly the most well-known art gallery in Kent, the Turner Contemporary in Margate. Before we get there, let's have a few moments to appreciate the joy of Margate itself. I love Margate, with its ramshackle, kiss-me-quick, arcades and candy-floss seaside glamour. It's been a leading seaside resort for 250 years, but like many seaside resorts, it went into decline in the 80s and 90s. But it's now fully back on the cultural map. This is partly due to the arrival of Southeastern's high-speed service, which played a huge part in driving the area's growth. These days, Margate is definitely hip, with people flocking here for its blend of seaside chic and cool contemporary art. Fancy some fabulousness alongside your fish and chips? Wander around the Old Town with its excellent vintage shops and great bars and restaurants. There's a lot to check out here. And, as I mentioned right at the start, at the centre of it all is the Turner Contemporary, a grey art gallery on the edge of the front. Though it takes its name from the brilliant landscape artist J.N.W. Turner, who went to school in Margate, the Turner Gallery doesn't showcase his work. Instead, it's the home of fantastic contemporary art in Margate. And it's my first stop. Ten minutes saunter along the seafront from Margate Station and I'm standing outside the Turner. It cost £17 million to build, but when it was finished it flipped the switch on Margate's fortunes. It opened in 2011 and suddenly Margate was really definitely on the cultural map and this attracted all sorts of artists to join the community, including local Tracy Emin, who we'll be talking to later. She once made an applique work, a really brilliant one, called Mad Tracy from Margate and she recently returned to her hometown. So the Turner Contemporary is named as a tribute, obviously, for the wonderful landscape painter J.N.W. Turner. And it's actually built on the site of the boarding house where he used to stay. He came here because he loved Margate's light and sunsets. And he's one of the best ever painters of the sea, which I'm standing in front of. He painted during the late 1700s and early 1800s. But his work is really unbelievably modern. It foreshadows the Impressionists and abstract Expressionists. And when you see it, you can't believe when it was painted because it was painted so long ago and yet it looks so fresh. 
The Turner Contemporary itself aims to encourage curiosity and creative learning. It's got no permanent exhibitions, but it has a brilliant rolling show programme and it's free to enter. I'm meeting Clary Wallace, the director of the gallery, to find out more. All right, so we're inside the uh, Turner Contemporary and I'm with Clary Wallace. Could you kind of describe the Turner for somebody who's not been here before? Turner's a really extraordinary gallery in as much as it's literally located on the beach. So we're probably a gallery which has got the closest proximity to the sea in the UK, which means that we're actually, you know, occupying a really kind of quite harsh marine environment. Um, the building itself was recognised as an sort of architectural icon. It was designed by David Chipperfield and it's only 13 years old, so it's a really spectacular modern building which very much kind of plays on the advantage of actually having fantastic light and having the coast right on your doorstep. When you come into the Turner, what's interesting about it, because it faces out to the sea, so the kind of there's an element of the gallery that's looking out like Turner did himself out to the sea. And, but when you walk in as, a, as somebody who wants to come and see the art, it's incredibly open, isn't it? You feel like it's, a, it, it, you know, it's not um, a gallery where you feel closed in. You feel kind of like it's an open space that you can walk around quite, quite in a quite a welcome manner. I think David Chipperfield was thinking very carefully about what type of building he wanted to make as an art gallery. And it's a building that very much speaks to its location. What's interesting about... Um, Margate is that we are literally on the tip of um, East Kent, so we are surrounded by sea and sky and kind of three points, which gives us this very unique, very important um, light. And it's the light which Turner loved so much and was so important in terms of him thinking about his paintings, which he made here. But also it's something that, that David really wanted to work with in terms of designing of the building. As somebody who walks in as well, you feel it, as I think, that when you walk in, you can feel that light all around you as well. It's a big space. We are, we're looking out to the sea. Mm. One of the things that we obviously see is that piece of work um, Another Time by Anthony Gormley, which is a little man who drowns and then is resurrected <laughs> according, to, according to the tide. Do you want to talk, us about, talk to us about that? I think the Gormleys, I mean, it's such a fantastic, you know, such a fantastic work, which I can just see outside my window every day. So, I mean, I think it's, um, for those of you that, you know, the people that don't know it, it is, you know, it's a cast, it's a steel cast of Anthony's body. So it's a life-size man, sort of around six foot one, I think, that um, is placed actually out on the area, on the beach, at such a point where I think it was part of the old jetty. Um, and then so during the course of the day, he's completely submerged and then he rises again. I think what's interesting about it is you've got the figure looking out to sea. So that's a really wonderful meditative work, which I think is very much around man's relationship with the environment and nature. But of course, it's fantastic to see it when you're actually watching cargo ships or sailing boats or paddle boards, you know, going around and about it. So for me, it's very, very quiet and very kind of contemplative. So imagine that, you know, we've brought, uh, we've come on, on the train to Margate. We have visited the Turner and really mm -hmm. enjoyed ourselves. Where would we go next? What would you recommend? Well, I would suggest that, first of all, you would go to Carl Friedman Gallery. I've done Carl Friedman's gallery. It's very good. I can recommend. I would then be looking to, to walk up the road towards Cliftonville, and I think you'll find there you'll be able to go to Quench, which is a fantastic um, artist-run artist gallery. I'd also be going to Hotel Michelle. I'd be looking and seeing whether there are opportunities to be able to go around Create and Resort Studio. I'd also be hoping that well projects would be open um, and then I'd also be trying to pop in and see, you know, Arts Education Exchange, what are they up to? And then obviously we've also got Open School East who are based here. So, you know, if you get your timing right, there'll be an opportunity to see recent graduates from that and get a sense of what, you know, what they're doing. So please tell me where I can have fun. 
Well, I would, I would say after you've been to Turning and you've visited all the different galleries around yes. here, um, there's some really fantastic restaurants that have, that have popped up. Um, I would probably suggest, first of all, that you do go for a swim. So I would do that before. That so should I do the tidal pool? I would recommend going to the tidal pool, yep. which is really wonderful. So that's what I would be recommending. There's also, I just w- as well. want fantastic to say, there's a really brilliant sweet shop in the old town. There is a great... Which my kids are obsessed with. There's a very good sweet shop. And also they do fantastic homemade ice cream there. Yeah. So, uh, yes, just next yeah. door, yeah. pretty much. Yes, yeah. so it's I, an excellent little little bit that just comes off the the main front, and right. you can just go down. Yeah. I mean, I think other things that I would recommend is that Dory's is a really fantastic, you know, fish restaurant where you can sit outside and you can actually look out and watch the yes, sunset. Yes, I've been there. It's lovely. And Waverley House. Yeah. So it really, really, you know, wide variety of kind of opportunities, plus endless, you know, coffee bars of which <laughs> Forts is my favourite. Although I am. Um, sneaking away and going up to Westgate and actually enjoying, you know, staple stores up there, which is, you know, they, you know which is also very good. So, yeah, lots of reasons to come here and yeah. to stay, really. Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. I'm outside the Turner Contemporary, having just talked to Clary. Her Margate recommendation sounded amazing and definitely made me want to hear more about what the town can offer art fans. So now it's time to hear from acclaimed artist Tracy Emin about her hometown and the work her foundation is doing here to support up-and-coming creatives. Tracy's charity is called the Tracy Emin Foundation and it houses the TKE studio in Margate. We asked Tracy to tell us more about both incentives. This was a sort of kind of mad idea that came about just over a year ago. There was this really fantastic building for sale, like an old Edwardian bathhouse, and Carl Friedman was really interested in it, but decided for certain reasons he didn't want to. And we were saying, what a shame, it's such a great building. And then Carl and Rob said, you should get it, Tracy, as an art school. And that was it. <laughs> and I suddenly thought, what a fantastic idea. So the next morning I called up the people who were selling it and arranged to do it. But I had one week to buy it because it was going to kind of go into liquidation otherwise. And so I did. I got I got the building, and now, just one year later, we've got all artists in the studios, and we've got the kind of like artist residency art school opening, which is international. And the the whole idea is, oh, I don't. It, I will talk about it, but I had really, you know, everyone knows I had really bad cancer, and I didn't think I was going to make it. And when you're in that situation, you do really think, oh, my God, what have I done with my life? And one of the things was that I thought, I don't want to be remembered for being an interesting artist. It wasn't wasn't good enough. I, I wanted to be remembered for loving art and making art possible. And the fact that art had given me so much in my life, I thought I want it to, to other people. The TKE Studios, I don't have a studio there. I don't work there. My studio is in another building around the corner where we are now. And all of this, my studio will become a place for my work. There'll be an archive and it will be open to the public. But that's when I'm dead, not while I'm alive. I don't want a museum of my work while I'm alive. It's just not going to happen. But Margate will benefit in the future from my legacy. Sounds wonderful. And Tracy went on to tell us about how the gallery space will work for the students. In the building, we've got what we call the Grand Hall, which is a really large, large studio space, which isn't going to be a studio. That's where the lectures are going to be. And at a regular basis, there'll be art hanging there. There'll be exhibitions there. The first uh, solo exhibition we're doing there is Oliver Helmsley. He's um, a friend of mine. 
and uh, here's the first show. And then uh, there's a smaller exhibition space where, there's, where the people who have studios can do shows when they want. And in the summer as well, we can have outside in the little patio area, people can have their drinks or whatever. So it's, it's good. It's going to be a place where people can show work, sell work, present work. It's going to be lively and, and a going concern, not just, as I said, for the people who have studios there and the people doing the residences, but also for the local people to become involved too. So it, and also with the cafe and things, you know, it's going to be good. With her amazing passion for Margate, we had to ask why Tracy left aged just 15 and find out why she will never leave again. It was my last day of school that I had to do legally and I packed a holdall and two David Bowie albums and I got on the train and I went to London and that was that, I thought. And I came back when I was 17 for about a year, six months, and then I moved to Medway and went to, and then went to Maidstone College of Art. Then I went to London and went to the Royal College of Art. And um, I thought Margate and me was over, apart from the fact my mum lived here. So I used to come back regularly to see my mum. And then my mum died in 2016. And when I was coming to see her in hospital... Carl Friedman had wanted to buy this building and wanted me wanted us to buy it in halves and share it. He'd have half the gallery and I'd have half of my studio. And I kind of was keen but not keen or what. And I was thinking like Margate, do I want to what do Margate? And then when I when I came to see my mum in the hospital, I'd driven down from Margate at four in the morning because she was literally dying. And before I went to the hospital, I drove around the block. And I thought, what am I doing? What am I doing? Driving around that, you know, that studio or whatever. You know, my mum could be dying now. And I realised I couldn't leave Margate. If my mum wasn't here, really, essentially, I'd have no reason to come back. But I couldn't. It, and also I'd made this neon, <laughs> which is in Margate, that says, uh, I, I, I never stop loving you. And that was an ode to Margate. It, and they always say, you can take the girl out of Margate, but you can't take Margate out of the girl. And hey-ho, it's coming back, thanks to art and creativity. Margate is becoming grand again, but in a really kind of cool, chic, kind of radical way. I thought I had completed Margate. It's like I'd done it all. So I could leave. And now I've come back, it's like a new Margate, a new face on Margate, a new beginning for Margate. And I think as well, after my cancer and everything, I've got a new beginning. So we're, we're, we're parallel, so it's cool. And we must ask about her life in Margate now she is well and truly back. I've got a house in London and I go to London. But this is interesting. I thought, oh, yeah, I'll build my studio here and I'll come to Margate in the summer, like J- July, and do lots of work and then maybe come back at the end of summer, September, do some work. No, it's the other way around. I'm here working. This is my really serious life. And then I go to London to have lunch and do a bit of shopping and prance around in London. I don't prance around in Margate. In Margate, I've got my feet firmly on the ground. I'm constantly busy, non-stop. And in London, I'm just like a drifter, like thinking, what am I doing today? Oh, I'm going to have lunch at the River Cafe or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. It's like a life of bloody leisure in London. And here, it's non-stop work. Even though Tracy works incredibly hard in Margate, we asked her to share her special places for winding down and what other destinations visitors could enjoy while they're in town. 
the first place I tell people to go here is the Shell Grotto. And the Shell Grotto is a place of mystery. It's on Grotto Hill. And it's, it, I shouldn't really say because I don't want to spoil it for people, but it's like a small little shell temple. And they don't know when it was made, when it was built. They can't test on the shells because the shells were so destroyed by gaslight in the Victorian era. So they, they can't work out how old any of it was. And it is so beautiful. It's tiny, but it's fantastic. And then just up the road a bit, you have Margate Caves. I'm not going to describe the caves, but I could say cathedral. And I'm going to say underground. And it is absolutely incredible. Thanks so much, Tracy. That woman truly is an inspiration. We look forward to hearing more from the foundation and studios. Sadly, though, I do have to leave. But the good news is I'm going back to the station to catch the train to the lovely seaside town of Deal. I'm in Deal, just above Dover on the map. It used to be known for smuggling. There were battles between customs officers and smugglers from the 17th to the early 19th century. And these became so notorious that Deal became known as a Wild West frontier town. It's not like that now. What I love about Deal is its interesting shops. There's some excellent secondhand shops here, some lovely delis, some cool clothes stores, and it's got a really good Saturday market. If you go on the seafront, there's a ice cream parlour, which I thoroughly recommend. A little way along in Warmer, there's a paddling pool and crazy golf. That's quite new. It's very good. It's like pirate themed. And there's loads of places to eat. There's even a brilliant independent record shop called Smuggler's Records, which has a bar and great coffee. Alongside all of that, there's a thriving cultural scene, loads of galleries, the Astor Theatre, a film museum, the Museum of the Moving Image, which is really dinky. I've been in there plus arts festivals like the Deal Music and Arts Festival. What more could you want? Today, though, I am visiting Don't Walk Walk, an independent artist-run gallery um, just around the corner of the high street. Noel Fielding, whose art has been shown here, describes Don't Walk Walk as a funky treasure pod by the sea. It's known for having a punk rock ethic and for offering something a bit different to the art scene. I'm meeting Neil Horrens-Kelly, the gallery's founder and director, who's going to tell me more. I am here with Neil Horrence Kelly, and it is your gallery, Neil. Um, and it is called Don't Walk Walk. That's correct. It's a gallery, yes. and it's not... I mean, I don't think there is a wrong end of town in Deal, but it's like at the far end of, a, of sure. the kind of high street, sure. isn't it? And Don't Walk Walk was always a bit of a play on words, because a lot of the visitors that come to Deal actually gravitate towards the far end, uh, the north end of Deal, which has got a market, lots of nice boutiques, probably some more traditional galleries uh, that you'd expect to see sort of in the seaside town. It is different from the other galleries in sure. Deal. I've been in some of the other galleries, and what yeah. you tend to get in those ones are, you know, they're, they're lovely, but they, you tend to get seaside scenes. Sure. This, this, this is more contemporary art, isn't it? It is. I had to make a decision when I first opened the gallery. Um, was it to sort of follow the norm of what you'd expect to see in a seaside town or do something that could be commercial suicide? Um <laughs> But fortunately, <laughs> fortunately, I took the right option. And, you know, I've met some really interesting people uh, working around London, in schools around the country. And I thought, let's try and do something that's a bit more subversive and humorous. I think one of my main aims was to sort of break down the, the, the barriers that people have coming in galleries. You know, that word alone can sort of frighten people. So, you know, I wanted people to come in and see something that make them laugh or, or have an experience here that would sort of... I don't know, maybe dispel 
what the cold quiet gallery is. Do you want to talk me through some of the work? Should we talk yeah. about Noel Fielding's okay, work? So. <laughs> so, I mean, it's the one that strikes you when you walk sure. in, isn't it? It's a very yeah. big piece. So I, I always love the reaction that we get to Noel's work. And even before people know it's by Noel, they go, crikey, I could do that. And I'm like, well, you try doing that over 20 years with all the criticism you get for painting with your fingers and making huge, colourful canvases. And it's... Um, yeah, a lot of people find the work challenging, but also um, sort of energetic. And, um... It's funny, that, because I would never have thought I'd have done it, actually, because no. it's quite a complex piece of work. So the, there's loads of different colours, but they're not kind of... They don't bleed into each other. They're quite distinct, aren't they? Absolutely. And there's loads of movement in it. I mean, it's like, you know... It's, you'd have to have quite a big flat to have it in, but it would be lovely to have it in your flat, wouldn't it? Statement piece, for sure. Yeah, but absolutely. no, we always say to people, because if you tried to do that yourself, you'd just create mud, yeah. and it would it'd be a muddied canvas. So, you know, Noel is the colour wasp in here. He yeah. is always the person that brings the, the colour and the energy to the And flat. what other people have you featured here? So, um, strangely, 20 years ago, I wrote my dissertation about humour, art and the everyday, and it just so happens that this galleries seem to sort of magnetise comedians here because we've got um, Jim Moyer, also known as Vic Reeves. He's a great so, artist. So Jim is a fantastic artist and he uh, has got a little place around the corner. So he came in here and sort of introduced himself and his work and, yeah, that just sort of felt like it had its place within within the gallery. Yeah. Um, and we've got James Johnson. So James Johnson's very expressive painter uh, but James Foremost is a musician he used to have his own band in the 90s called Gallon Drunk and then he was one of Nick Cave's Bad Seeds for about six years yeah very striking character yeah now he works with PJ Harvey so a lot of his work has these sort of dark sensibilities but slightly humorous as well which you wouldn't really <laughs> expect somebody from Gallon Drunk PJ Harvey <laughs> to kind of like you know be making light work <laughs> <laughs> but he is the most light-hearted generous person you'd ever meet which is a real sort of um yeah is contrast that his work there? that's his work that so the owl we've got a, a few of his work out the back here as well. I just want to say that he's, it's a lovely work, but it is a black owl who's, <laughs> who's glaring at us, isn't he? He's glaring yeah, he's giving at us. us. He's giving us a proper Nick Cave stare, I he would is, say. He is, and it has a fantastic title as well. It's A Thousand Times No. <laughs> <laughs> love him. Yeah, love him. Um, so if you want people to come into your gallery, which of course they should do, yes. you know, um, is there a kind of approach they should have or...? No, I think come in and expect to be um, entertained because if it's not me working here, it's Henry who's an encyclopedia of everything and he will talk people through all the paintings and the works. They've all got their backstories. Uh, we've got a lot of young artists that we try and bring on as well, which is really important. Um, our artists are from all over, Berlin, Melbourne, Brazil, uh, North America. Um, so we've got a real you know, eclectic mix. So look, we are um, obviously talking about Deal in general. Mm. Um, what else would you recommend listeners to do in Deal? Uh, Smuggler's Records. So uh, yeah. yeah. I love Smuggler's Records. Smuggler's <laughs> Records great. You can go there, you can have a coffee, you can dangerously have a beer and then buy vinyl records. So you what, can go in there for <laughs> maybe your a, wallet. <laughs> maybe go in there for a pint and come out a hundred pound lighter. But it's just one of those independent uh, little quirks of Deal and they have their own uh, music festival once a year. We've got the Lighthouse, which is an independent music venue about 500 yards away. But everyone in Deal is so multi-patient. You know, you'll see people working in Smugglers or in here, and then you see them playing in a band or, you know, having another day job. So there's a real, 
independent um, forward-thinking community in Deal. So. Yeah, that's great. I could stay chatting to Neil all day, but I need to head to my next stop in Folkestone, so I'm going to make the short walk back to Deal Station now. Right, here I am on the train. I'm on the way to Folkestone now. We've just been through Martin Mill, who is obviously not a person, but a station, heading towards Dover. Between Deal and Folkestone, it takes about 30 minutes. Trains run every half an hour. But what's really nice is once you get past Dover and along the way into Folkestone, you get a really lovely view of the White Cliffs, which is obviously what everybody is interested in, it being Dover. So I've just spotted Dover Castle on the hill there through the trees. That is a really brilliant visit if you fancy a spot of history, which I'm sure you do after listening to Mary Beard's episode. I shall wave at it. Hello, Dover Castle. So I am enjoying myself on the train, clearly. And the thing that I like about it is not only do you get these amazing views, but it genuinely does make all these visits much easier. And if you're travelling with friends, I'm by myself at the moment, but if you're with friends, there's a thing called the South Eastern Group Safe ticket, and you can take advantage of that. What that means is, say you wanted to go on a day trip with a group of friends, and you had between three and nine of you adults all travelling together, you can all save up to a third on the price of your ticket which is brilliant. Hooray to that, is what I say. Right, okay, I think we've not got long now until my stop, so I shall sure up. Right, here we are at Folkestone Central. Let's talk Folkestone. So, back in the early 1800s, Folkestone was an important harbour and a shipping town. It was a very fashionable resort in its heyday. It's now got a super cool creative quarter, which is like an urban collective of designers, filmmakers, musicians and artists. And you can see that art is what Folkestone is about because as soon as you arrive in the station, there's a mural on a white wall that says Folkestone is an art school, a really colourful letters. And you can recognise it immediately as the artist Bob and Roberta Smith's work. So you see Folkestone is an art school. And then if you look on another platform in Folkestone Central, where I am, you can find a small bronze teddy bear, which is a piece by Tracy Emin. I should also say that, obviously, if you're travelling to here or any of the other places that we've mentioned on the Southeastern high-speed train, that goes from St Pancras in London, and you can start your art spotting early if you go from there, because that station has also a variety of artworks, including pieces by Cornelia Parker and Tracy Emin, again. <laughs> Back to Folkestone. So the pieces here that we can see, the Bob and Roberta Smith, Folkestone is an art school, the little teddy bear, Tracy Emin teddy bear, they were made in collaboration with Creative Folkestone. Creative Folkestone is kind of amazing. It's this visionary arts charity which is dedicated to transforming the whole local area. It created Folkestone Artworks, which is a collection of over 70 permanent pieces of art that are on display around the town. So I feel like we should go and see some of them. I'm meeting Jo Cowdery, who's head of curatorial at Creative Folkestone, and she's going to take me on a mini art tour. Hello, Jo, at the station. Hello, <laughs> welcome to Folkestone. Thank you very much. <laughs> Let's set off. I feel like we should go and have a look. Yes, lots to see. Yeah, great. <laughs> Can you explain what Folkestone Artworks actually is? 
Yes, yeah, so, um, Folks and Artworks is an outdoor exhibition um, using the town as the gallery. It consists of 54 artists with 94 artworks. Those artworks have remained in the town after an edition of the Folkestone Triennial, which started in 2008. So we're now preparing for our sixth edition of the Folkestone Triennial, which will happen in 2024. So um, we then invite internationally acclaimed artists to come and make art in the town and then, um, yeah, and invite visitors to come and enjoy that. It's an outdoor public art gallery, yeah. isn't it? Yes. That's yeah. essentially what it is. So say we've just arrived at Folkestone Central mm-hmm. Station. What are the most convenient artworks to walk to from there? Two minutes down the road is uh, Strange Cargoes, the luckiest place on earth. Which I can thoroughly recommend. Yeah, the lucky, <laughs> the lucky gateway. And then there's also in Kings North Gardens uh, an artwork by Mariko Hori and five artworks by um, the very well-renowned sculptor Richard Deacon. Wow, um, that's impressive. So there's a lot that you can see very nearby to the station. So even if you just hopped off for ten minutes, yeah, you'd be you like see, getting a quick art yeah. tour and hopping back on. Absolutely, yeah. Ideal. <laughs> Thanks very much, Joe. That's um, absolutely brilliant. So I'm in Payers Park and Joe has very cleverly ended our tour in the heart of Folkestone's Creative Quarter. We're just outside the Quarter House, which is conveniently the home of Creative Folkestone itself. So next I'm going to go and chat with her colleague, the organisation's chief exec, Alistair Upton, to hear what other activities art lovers can enjoy around here in Folkestone. So hello, Alistair. Hi. Do you want to explain what Creative Folkestone is? Because it's quite a unique thing, isn't it? Yeah, it's, a, it's an arts charity. It's 20 years old. Um, it was established to see how, well, see how arts creativity could help change a town, transform it, see what it could do to, you know, really pick up on a town that had had, had a, a rough ride, it was yeah. down on its luck. And it was to look for a new way of of running a seaside town, really. So if you're coming into Folkestone, if you're coming in for a day trip, you, know, you come in on the train and you know that, the, I mean, you're welcomed by the Bob and Roberta Smith, mm-hmm. you know, Folkestone is an art school. So you know where you are in terms of this is an artistic place. And then you're walking through and you're spotting all these different pieces of art. I mean, that has a, an impact on the people that visit you as well, doesn't it? Well, I think two things. You, I mean, people are coming because of it. So the reputation of the town has changed. And so people want to come and see. And then when they arrive, they think differently because it's not like anywhere else. Folkestone is an, is an art school. Yeah, it's amazing. I mean, over 94 artworks outside. That's just fantastic. It is. If you come and, you, you know, there's various things you can do with the collection or with the artworks. I mean, one of them is you can read it as a way to understand the geography and the history and the community of Folkestone. It's not obvious immediately, but if you look at the artworks and you go and read a little bit and you think about it, you can understand how the town was made, why it's here, what it's doing and where it is now. Or you can just come and look at it and go, oh, that's amazing, I love that, that's great. And so say I've done my art trail, I've come down on the train, I've done my art trail, where would you recommend that I then go and hang out? So you've got to go to the harbour. You've got to go to the harbour arm. You can pick up some artworks there. You can see Anthony Gormley. You know, you, you, you can go to the end. There's a lighthouse and there's a champagne bar in there. So if that's your thing, that go there. Amazing. That sounds amazing. <laughs> so, Alistair, is there a story around a Banksy in Folkestone? In the trial in 2014, we had been a month in when suddenly a Banksy appeared. He came down in the middle of the night and he painted. And 
he obviously wanted to be in the triennial but you know being Banksy he also wanted to make fun of us so he had an empty plinth with an elderly woman looking down at it saying you know what's all this art about you know what's the, the... but everybody loved it everybody got really excited and then the weekend the triennial was closing suddenly hoarding went up round it and somebody chopped it out of the wall and um, that was it. And, and, and it was really funny because the people, people got so upset and they were shouting and screaming and stuff. And the police came down to defend the people chopping it out of the wall, who then took it, put it back together, because they really chopped it into small pieces, put it back together, shipped it to America, tried to sell it. And um, we then worked out what was going on and we got an injunction and stopped the sale. Can I just ask a really yeah. quick question? So the people that chopped it up, chopped it out of the wall, did they own the wall or what was the deal? You would have been useful because <laughs> the issue is they owned the, the um, uh, they owned what was going on inside the building, which was an amusement arcade. Right. And because they had the building, they thought it was theirs. Mm. And so they chopped it out. We then went and found the freeholder and the free and said, look, We've taken some legal advice. There's an outside chance that we could get this back, but you've got to go and sue him if you want it. And, and, he's, and he was really kind and he said, I'll let you do it, I'll give you our rights. And so I got, you know, so the charity took it on and we got somebody to fund it so that it was no risk to us. And we sued them, we got an injunction and we took them to court. And they argued that, that because they were responsible for the upkeep of the building and the Banksy was on it, therefore they couldn't leave it on there because it was graffiti and that was against the terms of their lease. And they couldn't just paint it over because people would then come back and graffiti it again because that's where a Banksy was. So the only means they had to stop graffiti going on that wall was to chop it out. And having done that, they thought they'd sell it. Oh, yes, well, I mean, you know, you once you've got was, it off, It was know. quite good. Yeah. <laughs> and anyway, they, yeah, we won. We won. We got the Banksy back and they shipped it back from America. And, um, and then we got stuck with the Banksy and it weighs a ton. And, and we couldn't find out, what, you know, and people were like, where's our Banksy? And I was like, honestly, this is really difficult. It's structurally is going to... So we built a new building. We were building one anyway and we built a space for it. Now everybody can go and see um, the Folkestone Banksy. And you definitely own it. We definitely own it, <laughs> as proved in court. <laughs> Love it. Thanks to both Joe and Alistair from Creative Folkestone. It's been fantastic to explore Folkestone and to see so much art. And that brings us to the end of my cultural tour around some of East Kent's creative hotspots. And for that matter, the end of this episode of Hop On Board. If you like what you've heard, spread the word. Give us a like and subscribe. And if you're eager to keep exploring, why not check out the rest of the series and discover more of what Kent and East Sussex has to offer just by jumping on a southeastern train. But for now, it's time for me to disembark. Thanks for listening. <laughs>